This is Find Your Voice, the First Amendment Voice podcast that features everyday people impacting their communities in positive ways. Are you tired of the divisive rhetoric by politicians and media personalities? Interested in the discussions around sensitive issues but fear what people might think if you offer your opinion? Listen in to FAV's monthly podcast to be inspired and to hear a new story each episode about someone impacting their community in an encouraging way. Welcome back to the Find Your Voice podcast brought to you by FirstAmendmentVoice.org. Today we're going to be discussing the May 2019 newsletter. Uh, Steve, the executive director, is going to talk about uh, what Memorial Day and when he reflected on it in combat. Uh, we're going to talk about a teacher who recently inspired her students to think civic-mindedly uh, to inspire change. Uh, we're going to talk about the upcoming 2019 National Symposium. I know a lot of people out there are waiting on some solid information. And we're going to do a spotlight on our partners. Real quick, before we get to it, you can find us on Facebook under uh, First Amendment Voice. The website is firstamendmentvoice.org. We're also on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is kind of hard to search for us, but it's the number one ST, so First Amend. Uh, so we're on there. And please, uh, we really enjoy your feedback and, and hearing what you people think out there. So don't be shy. Jump on board. Let us know what you think because uh, we just want max participation. Steve Miska, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Yancy. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So the May 2019 newsletter, uh, it opens up with, Dear friends, I spent some time reflecting on a combat deployment yearbook last weekend as I worked on the fourth draft of a book. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as you know, maybe our listeners don't know, but I've been working on a book from uh, a combat deployment in Baghdad back in 2006 and seven, And... Um, Every time we deployed, we would create a yearbook. And the yearbook was a way that we would uh, not only remember our fallen and, uh, and each other, but remember the, the positive times that we shared together because so many people tend to dwell on the negative aspects of an experience. And, and there are definitely bad days in combat, but there were some really good days and some really good aspects of the experience that, that bonded us in really positive ways. And so uh, the yearbook was really important for me. And so I was reflecting on it for Memorial, Memorial Day um, to help me remember some of the details that I was adding to the book. And of course, I, I turned to the, the fallen uh, troops pages and, and I thought about um, the Memorial Day services that we had in combat. I don't know. Do you remember those? I do. I do. Yeah. And so we would, we would bring everybody together and usually we'd try to get a, a choir or somebody, maybe the chaplain would come out and help orchestrate it. And um, we would just remember uh, the, the men and women who were no longer with us anymore. And um, it was a very special that, time. It, it was a very, it was very, uh, it was a way to bring everyone together. Exactly. And it's, it's a way to um, really celebrate an American benchmark. You know, uh, psychologically, it, it helps break up this really lengthy separation from our families, right? And mm -hmm. so when every 
month or two months we would celebrate a holiday like that, it was really important to to help everybody sort of um, break apart this really lengthy separation into manageable psychological chunks of time, right? And so when we knew we had a, a Memorial Day celebration coming up and we were going to get the chance to, to come together and maybe even do some athletic games or contests and stuff like that, some team building events after the special service. Um, it, I, I think those were really important uh, reminders of why we were there serving. Right. And uh, yeah, so my, I, I remember the message that, that I've consistently uh, relayed um, when I've had the privilege to speak uh, during Memorial Day events. And that's that, it, you know, it's so important for us to stop and take time to reflect on the tremendous sacrifices that uh, men and women have made to, to guarantee our freedom. But at the same time, um, if we're truly going to honor those sacrifices, then we should live our lives in a way that does that, right? And, and that's what First Amendment Voice is all about. It's, it's about attempting to inspire people to be civic-minded, not just on one day a year or when we go to the polls to vote every other year or every four years at the presidential level, it, it should be a daily exercise in either, you know, the BFW that we're a member of, the Rotary Club, uh, helping out with a little league program, whatever it is, wherever you're engaged in your community. And so that's, that's sort of the message that I think I always try to take away from Memorial Day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let us know folks, uh, what Memorial Day means to you and, and how you celebrate or you remember uh, on Memorial Day, what it means to you, what it means to your family. We'd really like to uh, hear about that. Um, Steve, talk to me about this uh, this school teacher. What's up with her? Yeah, so I, so I try to pick an example of uh, somebody who I see engaging creatively in the civic space. Um, and, and include those. And so you might remember last month we talked about Gary L. Yeah. And, and the example that he was inspired from, uh, both from his daughter and her experience, but also from, from attending our national symposium. And uh, so this month, uh, a school teacher I know named Amy um, was teaching just a, a basic science block of instruction on environmental awareness. And um, she broke the students into groups. And so they had different groups and they had to think about ways that they could maybe make improvements uh, and be more conscientious either at home or in school. And, um, and then the groups would report back to the whole class. And that, that was, you know, that's a standard block of instruction for most teachers out there and how they go about doing business. Right. So what I found so interesting was that some of the one of the groups pointed out that in the school they use um, these milk containers that are non-recyclable and they have plastic straws in there. And you probably know that in California, straws you're not supposed to use plastic straws anymore. Right. So um, anyway, because they they're really environmentally damaging to the ocean and waterways in particular. But um, so uh, the, the kids said, you know, we shouldn't, we should 
why don't we use those old milk cartons that you know don't need a straw? You can just, you know, some of the kids have had those at home or whatever, and and so they that was their idea. And so the the whole lesson could have ended there, right? And and Amy could have said, you know, wow, that was such a great idea, and she could have you know recognized the kids for that idea. And, you know, maybe bragged about the kids when she went to the faculty lounge to some of the other teachers or whatever. But instead, she encouraged the kids to actually try to affect change in the school. And as you know, that's so hard to do. It's good ideas are a dime a dozen, but it's like, I think what's the Thomas Edison uh, quote that I, I put in the newsletter as well, his invention is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Right. And so that good idea is the 1%. And then what Amy did was encourage the kids to get involved in trying to actually affect change. And so they took up a petition around the school. They went around and briefed other classes on why we might want to consider a different type of milk container mm-hmm. in the cafeteria. And they sent a letter to the principal. They wrote a letter and sent it to the principal. And and so this idea eventually made it up to the district level. And the person in charge of running the cafeteria's program reached out and said, hey, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, how can I help? And so Amy actually had uh, set it up where uh, this individual from the, the school district was able to come down listen to the presentation that the students provided to her and reflect with them on, well, this is, you know, it's not so easy just to make a change like this in our logistics system, but let me tell you how we could go about doing it. And so um, they, this lesson that started off, you know, a week prior continued on for a couple weeks as she coached the kids to actually try to affect this change. And uh, they're at the point now where the school is going to run a pilot program and see if they can bring in a, a more environmentally conscious product that can be recycled. And so that all came about from these students who had a great idea, but, but had the teacher not nurtured them to get more civically engaged, it might have been just a good idea, right? And no change would occur. And that's why I thought it was such a powerful example. Well, I mean, it's pretty neat that um, the kids actually got to, I mean, it's not like they were watching someone else do it. They were actually part of the process from start to finish. And, and I think that's exactly. super important, you know, for, for kids and, and young people. And I mean, basically anybody to realize that the system does work. All you have to do is you have to, you have to put the work in if you want the system to work. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what we try to do with first amendment voice is we, we try to push back against those two prevailing trends. One, right. Being fear, right. People fearing voicing their opinion that they'll be called a bigot or attacked for whatever reason. Um, and then the other trend is apathy. And, and that's one where we really focus on with, uh, young generations is because many times they don't feel like their voice even matters. Why would, why would adults want to hear from me? Right. And, and so the, the folks who are out there encouraging, um, young minds to speak up and right. voice their ideas, 
I find so inspiring. One thing that um, my mother, uh, I'm a middle-aged man, so I'm not going to tell you how old my mom is, but suffice it to say, she was in her mid to late 20s when she had me. But she is an avid letter writer. If she doesn't like yeah. something, if she whether she likes something or she doesn't like something, she writes a letter. You know, and I think Love that's it. something that, that people have lost um, as time has gone by with, you know, with email and everything else, just actually sitting down, putting pen to paper and actually letting people know what your thoughts are. So, that, yeah, that, that's pretty cool. That, and, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say people so appreciate getting that. Maybe maybe younger generations don't because they they don't get it a lot, maybe. But yeah, but I know, you know, middle age and older generations, um, they appreciate uh, receiving a, a handwritten, you know, thank yeah. you note or a letter. Believe it or not, the post office used to deliver letters. They didn't. It wasn't always bills and 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 junk mail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't it nice to receive something that's not a bill or a junk mail? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Kern, Kern uh, commented. He said, "Great op-ed, Steve, and well done, Amy. Very surprising." Uh, another couple, Carol and Robert Brown, said, "Well, well said, Steve." We must all strive to make our world better. P.S. That third grade teacher, Amy, is a star. And then uh, Mr. H. James Hutton III said, Unfortunately, I believe this nation is extremely divided over many issues because of the environment our infamous President Donald Trump has created. He, he definitely is not one who can bring people together except for his own particular voter base. What a shame. Remember what President Abraham Lincoln once said more than 150 years ago. A nation divided cannot stand against... Cannot a nation divided against itself cannot stand. Uh, listen, folks, uh, First Amendment voice does not take a stand uh, on one way or the other when it comes to politics. But, you know, we want people to engage and reach out and, and, and tell us what they think. And we want you to be inspired to, to, to speak up in your own community. So no matter what you got to say, we appreciate it either way. So Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for pointing that out. You, you know, one thing I would say is, and you might have saw my response, um, you know, because we, we try not to, one, we definitely are nonpartisan, right? So we don't endorse political candidates and, right. and you know, get involved in that type of rhetoric. Um, but what I did respond to Jim, who uh, he actually attended our national symposium last year in Philadelphia. Right. Um, and uh, you said, we the people, Jim. By that logic, exactly. we should not rely on any president or, or other political leaders to resolve our divisions. We need more conscientious citizens like you to step forward to lend your voice to the public discourse in ways that help help us find the common ground. Thank you for commenting. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's very much, you know, the spirit of, of the program that we do is we should not rely on our, our political leaders to try to solve the problems of the country, right? They're a part of it. Right. And hopefully they should inspire us and, and help point the direction. But it's got to be our civic organizations and and the citizens who rise up to meet these challenges. That's how our government is designed to function. And so if you use Amy's example from the classroom, right, where the kids are learning about environmental awareness and then they start trying to make change and impact it, because ultimately, their generation is going to have to live with the decisions that are made now by political leaders. Right. And so the sooner they get involved, the better in terms of understanding that, that they have agency in the process. All right, folks, we're going to pause for a short commercial break. Don't go away. 
We have more great discussions about civic engagement in a couple of minutes. Want to learn about an amazing partner in the nonprofit space? Watch for next month's newsletter or tune into our podcast on the First Amendment Voice website to hear about the I-5 Freedom Network and how FAV is partnering with them to pass a massage parlor ordinance in San Clemente, California. Did you know that many towns have human trafficking and illicit massage parlors hiding in plain sight? San Clemente has around a dozen illicit massage parlors on any given day, rotating around the small city of 65,000 people. Tune in next time to learn about I-5 Freedom Network and FAV's efforts to encourage citizens to combat the challenge. Also, don't forget about FAV's annual National Symposium, which will be held in Washington, D.C. on September 21st. The theme is polarization and we'll be welcoming back two amazing trainers who received rave reviews last year, Kern Bear and Janessa Gans Wilder. Not only will you get to experience the symposium where everyone's voice is welcome, but you may also get the opportunity to embark on a VIP tour of the Capitol building after hours on September 20th. Act quickly though since only 40 spots are available on the tour. You don't want to miss out on this amazing opportunity, so go to firstamendmentvoice.org to get your tickets and find out more today. Okay, folks, we're back with the Find Your Voice podcast brought to you by firstamendmentvoice.org. Something that uh, people have been wanting to know about is the 2019 National Symposium. What's going on with that, Steve? Absolutely. I appreciate the question. Uh, So we have confirmed a date. Uh, for Washington, D.C., and it is September 21st is the actual symposium. Okay. And so we'll be, um, I'm 90% certain it's going to be at the National Union Building in D.C., and we're in the process of working out what that that looks like with uh, the venue space and making sure that it's a it's a first-class event. But um the evening prior, so on September 20th, for all of our uh, VIP participants and anybody that wants to register can can register as a VIP, um, either if they're a, a paid member of First Amendment Voice or they're one of our sustaining members, um, they get an invitation to attend and they can get a behind-the-scenes tour of the Capitol building after hours. Uh, that we're fortunate enough to be able to to offer to members. Okay. And uh, so I hope uh, folks consider taking us up on that. Um, but if anybody's got questions, they can just reach out to us um, either from our website or just send me an email. And um, my contact information is up there as well on the website. Okay. Um, but we would definitely entertain um you know, other ideas, but the, the, the subject, the actual theme of the symposium is going to be polarization. And uh, so we're really, you know, hammering on this, this theme that uh, Jim Holton mentioned in his comment, right? The one of division and divisiveness. And is this as divided as we ever have been in our country, you know, as many in the media would like to make it out to be? Um, is it, uh, you know, Let's put it in perspective. And, and more importantly, let's talk about things that we can do if, if the divisiveness concerns us, if the political rhetoric concerns us, if many people who I talk to are turning off their television because they don't want to listen to talking heads shouting over each other. Right. 
then what can we do? And so we're very much going to focus on the what can we do space and ideas um, and hopefully uh, inspire folks to go out and engage in their communities in positive ways to overcome some of those divisions. Fantastic, fantastic. Uh, some some uh, important topics to discuss and try and try and get to the bottom of as far as what does it mean to you, I guess, you know, and how do you how do you navigate that in your life? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, spotlight on our partners. First Amendment Voice is a community partner for the Global L.A. Summit. It was held on May 10th, 2019, which featured a two panel discussion on press freedom. What was that all about, Steve? How'd that go? Oh, that was fantastic. We had um, the two panels were very much focused on press freedom. We were able to bring in uh, speakers. Uh, one was um, a young man from Berkeley named Manu Neal, who he's the executive director of Bridge USA. Okay. And they have chapters all over the country on college campuses. And what they do is they bring together um, college Democrats and Republicans because many times they, they will not associate with each other. And so what Bridge USA does is they create forums to bring them together to actually have civil dialogue. Okay. Um, so it's so inspiring because it's, you know, it's a young generation of leaders who are trying to actually overcome these social divisions in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, one of the speakers was Vanessa Otero, who designed what's called the media bias chart. And, it basically displays the the diversification in our current media landscape yeah. and how divided and opinionated much of the media landscape is. And so she was a really interesting speaker to talk about, you know, what she's, what the types of feedback that she's getting. Um, and all of this was hosted by the Pacific Council on International Policy They've been such a wonderful partner. Uh, the very next day after the Global LA Summit, they hosted one of uh, Kern Berry's Difficult Conversations workshops. And he led, um, I, I think about 25 people were there, and they spent about four hours going through his workshop on basically prioritizing relationships and, and overcoming those biases that we all have in order to bridge divides in in our relationships in our communities wherever we're trying to achieve an effect okay okay so anyway it was where we are extremely grateful to the pacific council and our partners there in addition to to partners like kern barry and others who continue to come out and um and get behind first amendment voice programming what was the name of that um that sheet that that you said it, it's about uh Media, I can't, yeah, the, the it's called game. the media bias chart. I'll tell you what, you want to start a conversation, you pull that thing out because that's going to get people talking. Absolutely, yeah, I use it quite a bit in our coffee talks. Yeah, um, and uh, everybody immediately gets uh, fired up. Yeah, when I give them that because they they all look to their own personal sources of media. They say that can't be right, and and then it starts conversations. And it just helps people really think about if they're concerned about fake news and trying to make sense of what's real and what's not, mm-hmm. um, then that particular chart is a tool to use to diver- diversify your information consumption in a way that 
will help you know when somebody's trying to just spin you versus give you straight up facts. Right. Right. So, yeah. All right, folks. Um, just want to talk to you about the different levels of membership for the First Amendment voice. Basic membership costs just $25 a year and offers an automatic $25 discount on symposium uh, registration. In addition to exclusive benefits like our National Coffee Talk live video conferences. Those coffee talks, ladies and gentlemen, are incredibly interesting and very engaging. Uh, <clears throat> would you like to help others? Hashtag find their voice as well, enjoying the benefits of unique FAV programming. Consider becoming a sustaining member at either the $1,000 or $5,000 or $500 level. Sustain, sustaining members get an invitation to our VIP tour of the Capitol building the evening before the National Symposium in Washington. Uh, double your impact. Thanks to the generosity of an FAV, FAV donor, we have two $5,000 matching grants. Thank you very much, whoever did that. One to help stimulate the membership drive and the other to challenge $1,000 donors to step up and support FAV efforts to extend our programming to those who might not have the resources to attend without assistance. FAV routinely conveys very diverse audiences who get the opportunity to interact with each other in enriching environments. Please help us achieve our goal. All right, Steve. Well, that's pretty much it. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, no, I just, I, I'm so grateful uh, that you're, uh, you're hosting our podcast. You know, I really appreciate you, you stepping up to help us out there in that space. All right, folks. Well, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please uh, like, share, subscribe. Uh, please let, leave us some comments. Let us know what you think. And uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. All right, everyone. Have a wonderful night. Did anything in this episode's discussion interest you? Reach out to FAV on our website to post a comment or ask a question. Just go to firstamendmentvoice.org and find this podcast or one of our monthly newsletters to provide feedback. Want to get our newsletters free each month in your inbox? Sign up on the website. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Simply search for First Amendment Voice. We'd love to get your feedback. Ready to take the next step with First Amendment Voice? Become a paid member at any level and enjoy exclusive membership benefits like VIP passes at the National Symposium or access to our online delegate training to learn how to engage in your local community. Basic members automatically get a $25 discount to the symposium while sustaining members help to bring FAV programming to those who might not have the means. Help others hashtag find their voice and thanks for listening.